You're listening to Through the Fire Podcast, where we talk about trauma, transparency, and triumph. Has a life-altering event left you confused, broken, and bruised? Guess what? You're not alone, and this is not the end. Join us as we discuss experiences with traumatic and tragic seasons, what we're learning, how we're overcoming, and how you can too. We're your hosts, Montez Dove and Cedricia Thomas, and we're talking beauty for ashes, y'all. A grown woman whose father refused to speak with her for six months at a time as punishment throughout her life. A father who stopped talking to his teenage son and couldn't start again, despite the harm he knew he was causing. A wife whose husband severed communication with her early in their marriage. So what do all of these scenarios have in common? They have in common the silent treatment, the silent treatment. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So trauma, trauma, trauma. We've talked about this in earlier episodes, the fact that trauma can mute you and shut you down. And I have seen that happen with me. Just go mute. You just get shut down. And so I want to talk a little bit about the silent treatment because God actually revealed this to me. And I begin to see where it has taken place in my life, including my relationship with him at different points in my life. And so I want to read a little bit about the silent treatment from an article. It says, what you're saying when you give someone the silent treatment is by Daryl Austin. So this article actually is based off of someone named Kipling Williams who has studied the effects of the silent treatment for more than 36 years. And so some of those scenarios that I was reading actually came from this article. And he says the silent treatment can go by many names, such as shunning, social isolation, stonewalling, ghosting. He says here the tactic is nothing new, but he says all of these essential forms are forms of ostracism. He says here that research suggests that two in three individuals have used the silent treatment against someone else and even more have had it done to them. He says that this can manifest in different ways. It could be such as someone walking out of the room in the middle of a conversation or a friend at school looking the other way when you wave at them or a person addressing comments from everyone in a message thread except you. So I want you to be thinking, oh, have I done that? Oh, has someone done that to me? This kind of behavior can actually be very negative for the person giving it and the person receiving it, where it can make people feel anxious or withdrawn or depressed. Even in some extreme cases, he even says it can make people feel suicidal. He says, because we as humans require social contact for our mental health. And so the ramifications of how a person navigates through giving or receiving the silent treatment can be very harmful to them because we require social contact. He says the silent treatment causes stress. And in the long term, this stress can be considered abuse. What this article also says is that the silent treatment can be a form of abuse. It is also toxic. It can also be a form of manipulating and controlling, depending how different people use this. He says people use the silent treatment because they can get away with it without looking abusive to others and because it's highly effective in making maybe the targeted individual feel bad. He said the silent treatment is a particularly insidious form of abuse 
because it might force the victim to reconcile with the perpetrator. So maybe someone ends up apologizing when actually they might not need to. It's especially controlling because it deprives both sides from weighing in. He says here that the silent treatment might be employed by passive personality types to avoid conflict and confrontation, while strong personality types maybe use it to punish or control. He says some people may not even consciously choose it at all. So when people are operating in this, some people aren't consciously choosing it. So those who are consciously choosing it, yes, we could probably uh, note that under punishing, control, manipulation. But then there are people who are unconsciously using it. And like I said, trauma can shut you down. But also what I've learned and observed is that we can learn behaviors from environments that we've been in and from the people we've been around. So if we grew up with certain guardians or behaviors or parents around us or people behaving a certain way, if we've been in toxic environments, whether that's been a job, a church, a family, relationships, we can learn behaviors from all of these things. And so a person may be flooded with feelings they can't put into words, so they just shut down. So I find myself in that category where I'm just flooded with so many feelings that I just shut down. And the reason that I would do it at times is because I think that I am lessening the conflict when in reality, the silent treatment can actually cause more conflict. Um, I'm also a processor, so sometimes I actually need time to process. Also, I may be trying not to disrespect someone. And so maybe I go silent because I don't want to come off as disrespectful. Or maybe I know that in the moment, feelings are high. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But a lot of times, situations need to be talked through. Okay, and that shows us that, hey, maybe we should be building skill and conflict resolution skills. Maybe we should be looking at self-control. Maybe we should be building skill and being able to have difficult conversations, because although all of these topics can be uncomfortable and awkward, we need to have them to be healthy individuals and to be healthy in our relationship and so or relationships, I should say. So if you find yourself using the silent treatment often, again, some people know they're using it. Some people don't. If you listen to this and you say, oh, my gosh, someone has done this to me or oh, my gosh, I have done it to others. I have found myself in both. People have done it to me. I have done it to others. It could be a sign of just areas of development within yourself. And so just be in tune with yourself and look at those areas that may need some growth for you. Silence is not always golden, y'all. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we find out that, hey, we need to say something. And sometimes we know that maybe it's not the best time, but silence is not always golden. And so I want to actually help people who may be like me, who may be flooded with feelings that they can't put into words and sometimes they shut down. I want to share with you a few takeaways from a therapist on social media. Her name is Alyssa Marie Wellness. That's her Instagram name, Alyssa Marie Wellness. She posted something recently that says four reasons we might shut down in relationships. One, the past is being triggered. I won't go into details here because she has a paragraph for each one, but you all can visit her page. Two, healthy communication wasn't modeled for us. Three, vulnerability is hard. It is very challenging for some people. Four, the other person doesn't reciprocate, okay? So what she says here is emotional growth says, I am noticing myself shutting down and in this state, I aim to not hurt the people I love. So 
She says, try saying this when you are feeling yourself shutting down. She says, phrases like, I don't have the mental and emotional energy right now to communicate. Let me rest and recoup. Or I need time to process so I respond and not react. I need a little bit of patience as I navigate through my feelings. I need some time alone to process my feelings. I need time to myself to reflect, think, or process so that I don't project what triggered me onto you. I need time to process my emotions. I need time to myself to regroup before we talk again. I'm having a hard time expressing what I want right now, and I need gentle affection until I can speak or reflect. I'm aware that I'm shutting down and I need a moment. I love you, and I'm just overwhelmed right now. So those are just a few items that we could say. Here's some more. It says, I need some time to process my words. I can't think clearly now. Can we talk about this at maybe this time or this date? I'm shutting down. Give me a moment. I'm not fine, but I need time so I can be thoughtful about my words. So those are just some phrases that we could use. And I've mentioned Dr. Can't remember if she's a doctor or not, but Nadra Tawab, who's also a therapist on Instagram. She says, silence is not golden. Talk about your issues in the relationship early and often. And so what I learned about actually this silent treatment for some people, it could be a trauma response. Remember, we talked about fight or flight. It could be you unconsciously flighting. (laughs) Okay. And so we got to remember how trauma can be wrapped up in this idea of the silent treatment. So Ms. Moni, have you ever given the silent treatment or have you received the silent treatment? Uh, Probably both. Yeah. As you were speaking, I was thinking about some times that I did operate with the silent treatment. And, you know, I was doing it for avoidance reasons. I was actually avoiding something. So it was probably like a type of protection that I was doing. I was holding my peace because I know that if I attempted a certain conversation, that it will probably escalate in the wrong direction. So I was holding my peace. And also, I found myself holding my peace if it's going to be an unfruitful conversation. So if I feel like we're not getting across or the conversation is not going well, or I've already approached the conversation several times and it didn't go well, I guess that's a form of me protecting myself, not even attempting it again and just going silent on it. Also, I've noticed that I've gone into a silent mode when I just needed a time out. If I knew that I wasn't going to respond well, or if I was going to be responding out of my feelings or emotions, I would put myself in a time out and just take time to calm down or just reason out the most positive way to respond to a situation. So sometimes you just have to go quiet and just get yourself together. Right. And so He says here, the silent treatment is different from simply cooling off in the midst of a heated debate. One way to prevent a conflict from curdling into ostracism is to say out loud the exact amount of time you'll be taking a break and to establish a timeline for when you'll pick the conversation back up. So similar to some of those phrases that I just shared. So a lot of times we just go silent and we go mute. But what we should actually be doing is saying, hey, maybe I'm triggered right now or I need time to process. Do you mind if we chat about this later? That's what we should actually be doing. He says here that regardless of the reason for the silent treatment, it can be received by victims as ostracism. He even says here, which was this was super powerful to me. 
He said that one study found that social rejection provoked a response in its victims similar to that of victims of physical abuse. The anterior cingulate cortex area of the brain, and I hope I pronounced that right, the area thought to interpret emotion and pain was active in both instances. So it says here, exclusion and rejection literally hurt. So when people are maybe receiving the silent treatment, they may feel excluded and rejected. And that literally hurts. The body reads that as hurt and pain. And that's something that a psychology professor from Yale, John Barr, said. So I found that to be very, very interesting. He even says that it is addictive. So You know, one of the scenarios that I read earlier, I think, was about a father not talking to their child, but knowing that it was causing harm and they still did it. So they're saying here that it can become addictive. So the father who couldn't force himself to speak to his son, again, suffered the way many addicts suffer through repeating an activity despite knowing it's harm. So I just found this idea of the silent treatment to be so very important. And I think it really just stems from. Like I said, there are a lot of people who do it. You know, they're trying to cool off a situation. They're trying not to cause harm. They're not trying to cause a conflict, not realizing that sometimes it can actually make things worse. I know personally for me, you know, just things that have been told to me in the past. I know I used to have one person that would say, oh, you're blunt. And I didn't know if they were saying it in a rude way or not. But because of that, I just throughout the years have gone silent and mute, you know, because it's like, I'm never wanting anybody to think I'm coming off a certain way. But then in addition to that, I realized that I'm a black woman in America and I realized that I can't say things a certain kind of way and get away with it like other people can. So there are all of these things piling up, just like all of those things kind of contribute to why I've used the silent treatment. I'm sure that other people have some of those same reasons, maybe why they use the silent treatment. And so a lot of that is really just taking the debris off and really learning some more healthier responses that can be utilized when navigating with people and relationships. So Ms. Moni, I'll hand it off to you. Well, I'm going to come from a little bit different angle because what I did research on is silence and trauma. And I got an article by Dr. Russell Carr from Psychology Today, and he talks about why we hide our vulnerabilities. So he was talking about in his article about people suffering in silence and some of the reasons why people may be suffering in silence. And he was also highlighting why that might not be a healthy thing to do. And through his article, he was trying to encourage people just to let people know that trauma, it's okay to share the low moments in life. It's okay to let someone know that you're hurting. But he was giving some reasons why men don't share traumatic seasons of their life. And he was talking about how they try to present such a stoic persona. I think we talked about in the earlier episode about men crying. So again, you know, in this article, he's kind of highlighting where it's such a great expectation for men to appear to be strong at all times, even when they're hurting. So he just wants us to know that it's okay to have these moments. And he's encouraging people to open up about what they may be going through. Also, he was talking about people don't open up sometimes because of certain stigmas that come with traumatic events. And you know how people, they don't want to be looked at in a negative light. 
So some people don't even share for those reasons. Mm-hmm. But he was saying in this article that we laugh together, we share joyous moments, we share our accomplishments. So he was wondering, so why do people get so silent about their trauma? So he lists a few things like shame, guilt, people being judged concerning their trauma, people feeling isolated, the fear of rejection, and just the idea, you know, of being vulnerable. It just causes people to be silent. So people who have traumatic experiences, they often sometimes don't feel like people understand them as well. And people definitely want to be understood. So, you know, feeling understood is a fundamental part of healing. And he was just encouraging us to just share and get connected. And connection is what we need when we're going through traumatic times. It's not isolation. It's not silence. We actually need a community at that time. So that's just going to lead me to sharing a story talking about silence and the silent treatment. It brought me across a story about Miss Maya Angela. Miss Maya Angelou experienced a traumatic event when she was raped at the age of eight by her mother's boyfriend. Then it was just a little bit later that her rapist was arrested and found guilty, but he only spent the day in jail. After he was released, right after he was released, he was murdered. And this is a lot of trauma going on for an eight-year-old. So because of this, she became mute for almost five years, believing that her voice killed him. She said, I killed that man because I told his name. And then I thought I would never speak again because my voice would kill anyone. Mm. So this little girl is processing this. She's gotten raped by her mother's boyfriend. And then she has to go and testify against him. Then they lock him up for a day. She shares this information with her family. And then he's found dead. So in the story I was reading, they was thinking maybe her uncles or somebody did that. I'm not sure. But it was just a very traumatic time for her. And what it caused her to do is shut down. I think it was overwhelming and too much for her to process. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know a lot of times we may not have the capacity to handle some things that come our way. It's too overwhelming. I believe that sometimes trauma goes beyond our mental and physical capacity to process it in a normal fashion. And sometimes it just takes a little time. So I was going on to say that, talking about Miss Angelo, her birth name was Margaret Ann Johnson. And later in life, she would change her name to be Maya Angelo. When she finally did speak, she had a lot to say. Maya Angelo became a voice for women in the Black community garnering respect and admiration for her honesty. She would say, there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. But Maya Angelou got past that moment. She got past that traumatic event. And she later became a poet, an activist, a civil rights leader, an author, teacher, actor, screenwriter, producer, singer, songwriter, and dancer. And she also spoke many foreign languages. She spoke French, Spanish, Italian, Arabic, and Fanti in African language. And Miss Maya Angelou is known for many great pieces of poems or poetry, Phenomenal Woman, and Still I Rise. So 
you know, trauma can have a big effect on the silent treatment as well. It's something that we don't purposely do sometimes, but it's how our minds and body is processing trauma. It can actually shut us down. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. Well, we are overcoming. And you can too. Thank you for joining us this week on Through the Fire Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Through the Fire Podcast. You can also connect with Montez at The Poetic INSP and on Facebook as Montez Dove. You can connect with Cedricia on Instagram and Facebook at Cedricia Thomas. Be sure to subscribe to the show to catch new episodes every Thursday and leave us a comment or review. Thank you for listening and see you next week.